Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, you're listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason Wright and Brandy Montambo. What's going on everybody? Jason Wright here, bringing you new, another episode of the Intentionally Inspirational podcast. And this is episode number 185. Well, this week I've got a great guest um, with me as usual, and we will get into that in a few, but I want to tell you about my last week. So a week ago today, today is Sunday, February 2nd. A week ago today, I went down to Nashville, Tennessee to attend an event um, this past Monday called It's Monday Baby, and that was put on by Steve Larson. If you don't know Steve Larson, he was a employee at ClickFunnels. He built about 500 funnels with Russell there before going out on his own. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday was Funnel Hacking Live, which is the big ClickFunnels event every year. And I went to that and actually ended up leaving a day early. But you guys ever just taken in so much information, you just can't take in anymore? Like I uh, had a great time. I met some great friends, some potential clients, uh, got to meet some heavy hitters, shake their hand, that type of thing you know, picked up some good info and everything, but I just, my brain was just unable to take on any new information. You guys ever felt like that before? It's like information overload, but you can't sleep it off. So anyway, so that was, uh, that was a good time. Um, kind of stepped away from work for the week, but, um, telling you there's some, some gold in my notebook I've taken down. So looking forward to implement that and, uh, see what that can do for my business and for my clients as well. So, if you ever thought about going to Funnel Hacking Live, I could say very comfortably it's worth the money and the time. Just do it, then you'll know if it's for you or not. So anyway, I'll probably go back next year. Um, all right, so uh, like I said, we've got a great guest this week. Our sponsor for the week is buildfunnelsfaster.com. So if you've ever wanted to shorten your learning curve with funnels and start making really real money sooner, this may be the resource for you. Um, it's an incredible value. It is uh, www.buildfunnelsfaster.com. So when I was learning this game, it took me uh, several years of hitting it really, really hard to figure out what I was doing in, in a lot of different scenarios. And the biggest challenge I see for people getting started, whether they're building funnels for themselves or for their clients, is they just don't know what they don't know. So um, this is something that may help you out. Anyway, let's get on with the show. So today, today I talked to a gentleman by the name of Ryan Cote from um, a cool company in the Northeast. Uh, I won't spoil it any further. I'll let him tell you in the show. So here we go. What's happening, everybody? Jason right here with another great guest on the podcast. Today, I've got Ryan Cote with me. He's a director of digital services and a partner at a company called Ballantine. Very interesting company for me. They do direct mail and digital marketing, kind of both ends of the uh, spectrum there. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Jason. Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear, um, I know it's a business, family business. I'd love to hear kind of that story and how you got into it and where you are today with all that. Yeah. Uh, I could take you through the journey. I'll try to summarize it. Um, so it's not too long winded, but, uh, yeah, the, the film, the business has been in my family since 1966. Uh, so 50 something years, can't do the math, 54. Mm -hmm. 
And um, yeah, we started it by my great uncle in 66. My grandfather joined in 68, father, uncle, and so forth. And fast forward to today, it's myself, my two brothers, my uncle, my dad retired two years ago. Um, we started out just direct mail. Obviously, digital wasn't there in the mm -hmm. mid-60s. Um, so we started doing print, and then we added mail. So then we're, essentially, we're doing direct mail. Mm -hmm. and then creative and then about five years ago I, I started as the marketing i've been here since 2003 mm -hmm. i started as the marketing director and then about five years ago we pivoted and including my role and we started offering digital marketing services to our clients just started out doing seo you know search engine optimization because that was what i knew best and it was just me at the time and now fast forward to today we've got 12 people on the digital side 20 people overall wow. in the company and we offer so it's still a small company but you know going back to like for that first the first like 10 years of my life or whatever you want to call it here it was just myself in the department to have a team of 12 it's it's, it's a pretty it's even though it's a small company it, it feels cool to me that's awesome man i love it I, I love that you guys aren't embracing that all or nothing approach you know so many companies are like we're all digital like me or we're all print but you don't see too many that kind of do both which i really like it's kind of like a, a tribute to what you're I think you said your grandfather started. Is that right? Uh, great uncle. My grandfather joined two years ago, but yeah, my gotcha. great uncle. Well, it's like a tribute to what he started. And then you kind of uh, said, hey, there's some opportunities here that we should be paying attention to also. So it's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the way we're trying to evolve. I mean, direct mail is still a, a, an enormous part of our business. Um, and honestly, it's really like two companies and it's really, we're under one roof here. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm in my conference room right now, but we're under one roof, but it's really two companies because the direct mail, we go after very large companies and do a lot yep. of direct mail. And then on the digital side, it's more small business, not like one person small. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we just don't, we don't, um, we work with more like 10 to 30 employees, yep. uh, you know, contractors, uh, dealerships, believe it or not, that's a growing market for us. Uh, manufacturers. Yeah. They spend a lot of money. Dealerships. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And they, and they utilize all our services, honestly. So I know when we bring on a dealership client, they're going to need direct mail, they're going to need creative, they're going to need digital. So it's sort of, it creates this buzz where everyone's working together. Yep. And that's what I like. Yeah. Very nice. You know, what's funny is I'm in the Indianapolis area and I've got a client, um, he buys active campaign from me. I resell that. So he's still a client there, but they do essentially flipping homes and, and these guys are probably, there's two of them um, that are the owners, young 40s. So they're, I'm 38. They're, you know, within five years of me. And their whole marketing strategy is direct mail. And I went at him real hard about a year ago. I'm like, why are you not doing any Facebook ads at all? You know, and they were like, oh, I just want to stick with what works. And it's funny because they do seven figures in revenue with direct mail. And it's funny because anytime people start to migrate away from something, it seems like there's almost more value with it because there's always customers who look at, you know, mail to find out who to use for whatever. There's always customers that use print and they're not just going to stop using it. Maybe the younger people don't, but there's always people that use it. So if you still pay attention to what worked in the past, there's, you know, potentially better opportunities in the future as well. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's a less crowded, uh, I, you know, if you have the budget, it's best to use everything because obviously you don't know where your leads are going to come from. If they're going to yeah. see you in the inbox, mailbox, We've got a contractor that we just signed on that we're doing all their digital. And co before coming to us, they were doing a lot of direct mail. So now we're handling all their postcards. And they get they book a lot of jobs from every postcard. They'll, they'll hit like 60,000 mailboxes um, in targeted zips. And they'll, they'll book a bunch of kitchen and bathroom models just from that. 
yeah. in addition to whatever they get with the digital. So it's, um, it's, I think it's worth, it's worth testing. And you know, that you're in the mailbox, you're, it's not as crowded, obviously yep. it's more expensive. I know with postage and all that, but, yeah. um, you're not, um, you're not competing with a thousand emails. You're competing with maybe 10 pieces of mail. Yeah. You know, Once upon a time, that mailbox was full though, wasn't it? Yeah. I can remember. Yeah, I, I, what's, I'm sorry. I was going to say, um, uh, kind of, a, I don't, I think you'll remember this, you know, cause we're on the same age. Remember Columbia house? You know, you oh yeah. The, oh yeah. We used to print all those stamps, stamp sheets and AOL, the disc mailers where they'd offer like, oh, yeah. I can't remember how many hours, but we used to mail all those disc mailers. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's, direct mail is interesting what you can do with it. I was like one of the first people that I knew of, like anywhere that got the internet. Like when I got AOL, people were like, what, what is the internet? Like no one cared. It was so funny. And I would try to get online late at night, you know, and it would make all that noise at the modem and wake up the dogs yeah. and my parents, but you couldn't do anything back then. You could like check the weather sports and maybe do some email, but it, nobody was really doing anything. And I was a kid, so you couldn't do much with it, but it, it's definitely come a long way. So it, it's funny how your frame of things changes. Like I remember when we got our first computer, the, the video games would be so excited to play were the most basic things you could possibly imagine. <clears throat> and then getting internet, you know, the 28, Point eight, whatever it was, yeah. dial up, waiting for that to load. Oh yeah, it was like an eternity. Yep. But then you you wouldn't complain now if the uh, site doesn't load in three seconds. You're like, oh, forget this. Literally magic. breaking things in your office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids are in the corner crying. Why is Daddy so mad? Is this thing yeah. taking too long? In four seconds. <laughs> yeah, my son. You remember Oregon Trail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son has a a T-shirt that says, "You have died of whatever the thing you always died was." It starts with the D. But he wears it to school and all the teachers laugh and all the kids are like, what the heck is that? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, that's a cool game. Uh, yeah, it was. <clears throat> so let me ask you this. Um, when you think about companies out there, and like I said, before the show, we've got solopreneurs, we've got people doing a couple million bucks in revenue and everywhere in between when people are on that journey, you know, a lot of people try to ignore marketing. They kind of see it as like this, um, I don't know if they see it as like a fancy thing they'll do later, but they focus on all the stuff that doesn't matter as you probably, as you probably see uh, what role do you think personal development kind of comes in that journey? So where do most get it wrong? Uh, ignoring personal development, would you say? I mean, I think personal development, <clears throat> so this is sort of like a passion project for me. I think, you know, you're, if we're talking about like business, if we're talking about growing your business as the business owner, if we're talking to the business owners here, it's um, like you, your main responsibility is growing the business and it's hard to grow a business if you're not your best, the best version of yourself. It's mm -hmm. like trying to run a marathon with a broken leg or mm. you, know, you could probably complete it eventually, yep. but it's going to take forever mm. um, as opposed to if you're in tip top shape and, you know, completing it with, you know, in two or three hours, whatever the, whatever a good time is. Yep. And so <clears throat> for me, I look at it. So this is, be, it's become more important to me as my role at Ballantine has changed because, you know, I was, I was like a department of one for a long time. Um, I'm like semi introverted, you know, I'm sort of in the middle of whatever that word is. Um, I've, I've had to, as we build out this team here, I've had to try to, you know, turn myself into a better leader, a better mm -hmm. version of myself. And so, and I've always sort of gravitated towards self-help type personal development. You know, we're in the process of selling our house and I was cleaning it in my attic and I came across all these books that I had read many, many years ago. And I was like, oh, that's right. I've been at this thing for a long time. I forgot I had an interest in, uh, like, I forget what the books were, but like mm -hmm. personal development. Yeah. I've just had a renewed interest in it lately. And so uh, to answer your question, 
very long way of answering it, but <laughs> you know, it's you need to be the best version of yourself. Um, yep. Because when you show up as the best version of yourself, you know, you're going to be better at your job and yep. just you know better results. <clears throat> I love that answer. I love everything you just said. Let me ask you this, kind of uh, along the same lines. Where do you think most people getting started do it wrong with marketing as well? So I, I kind of talked about that, and then I got off track there, which is the way my mind works. That's how I roll, but. How do you, what do you think most go wrong kind of ignoring uh, their marketing getting started as well? Um, if I think back, if I think to our current clients right now, you know, our typical digital client, they're a small business owner. They don't have any marketing people. Um, they've got a website, but I think they get, they get consumed by the, all the different options with the marketing yep. and they end, up, they end up just doing nothing or they end up doing a lot of things just sort of like, I don't know if you can swear on this, podcast but like half you know they yep. do it half, half half effort yep okay so <clears throat> um that's what we see a lot they'll come to us like i don't to do i've tried this i tried that uh, nothing's working but they haven't really tr- they haven't really given it a good effort and so what we generally recommend is with a new client we'll just we'll recommend tried and true channels that we know work like seo paid search and some other content and then we'll just double down on those channels and then once they see leads coming in then we'll start to integrate other channels and email and some other things. Yep. It all varies based on the client, of course, but just generally sure. speaking. It's- yep. Now it's interesting because um, I just continue to niche down and niche down. And I was talking to somebody, I was talking to my Facebook group about this yesterday, actually in a live, but um, you know, right now I currently do Facebook ads, active campaign and click funnel. So I niche down by platform. And I'm probably going to drop the ads piece and just focus on the machine. So the funnel, the front and the back of the funnel, because it's, it's uh, where everybody's at. But what I see typically is I'll have a client with some success. They know what their business is and say they have active campaigns. So like, I know I need to be doing something with email, something with marketing automation, but all I've done is bought the account. I literally haven't done anything in the account hmm. and I'll talk to them like, okay, how did you foresee this helping you? And once I understand when I look and see where they're at and where they want to go, then I can help articulate that solution in an easy to understand way and then build it. And it's just what you said. People think about even a 10th of the options out there and they absolutely freak out. They're like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't process this. I'll do it later. I got an email today that said, um, let's new business call. Still want to talk to you, but I can't do it till after black Friday. And I'm thinking our conversation has nothing to do with black Friday. What, why, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? And everybody yeah. deals with it, but it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. And if I'm yeah. the one doing the work, all you gotta do is pay me and have a conversation with me and I'll get it going from there. So, but I, I think it's, it's human nature, you know, that over analysis paralysis thing. Yeah. Especially with digital, there's just so many different options. I mean, honestly, the click funnel world is something that we don't do much at all of. So that's, that's something that, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm get, I'm sure if I logged into click funnels, I'd probably be overwhelmed too. Cause I just don't do it. Yep. Um, you know, we drive traffic typically to the website, but yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's easy to overwhelm. There's so many options with, uh, with digital that it's, if you take it all in as opposed to like bite-sized chunks, it can be very overwhelming. Yep. I actually talked to another guy this week and he, this captures it really well. And he said, Hey, he works a full-time job and he's trying to build a business on the side. He said, Hey, I have seven days off to work on my business full-time. He's like, this is what I've always wanted, but I, I don't even know what to do. And I was like, you know what? I had to sit and think. I said, I've been there. Like I, I used to sit there and go, oh God, now what? You know what I mean? There's so many things I could be doing. And I said, focus on 
what makes you money or what has the best chance to make you money. Because if you don't have revenue, you have no business. All the fun, shiny stuff, do that next. I said, that's yeah. what I would do. So, um, but it's interesting because somebody listening right now or watching is going to be like, hey, that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? So. Well, guess you go, if I can tie this back to the personal development, because it made me think sure. of something. One thing that I've found that this is just from my own experience to help with those two things you just mentioned, um, or not two things, but, the, but getting overwhelmed is meditation mm-hmm. and then journaling. I don't know how like this is going to sound kind of woo woo, but uh, the meditation <laughs> I found, to, I don't know, like, I don't know how like, I can get here, but hopefully Whatever you, you want to do, now. man. Uh, no, no rules here. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, the meditations help. I, 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 you know, it helps clear my mind. I don't get overwhelmed as much, even things right now with like us trying to sell our house and things happening here. There's like a lot of, a lot of lot coming at me. Yep. I mean, meditation I found helps me just calm down and just kind of address things as they come. Now, obviously it's not a silver bullet, but I found it to be very helpful in terms of mindset yep. and then journaling, um, not affiliated with them, but I used a, a tool, a, a journal called the monk journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I'm sorry, the monk manual. Mm-hmm. And it basically, you journal in the morning, you journal at night. And part of the morning routine is they have you, they make you write down what you're going to do today. And then they have you prioritize the top three things. So that goes back to like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I write my to-do list, but really what are the, what are the most important things add that list? And then I yeah, put them down there. And then at the end of the day, I go through it and I mark off you know, what I did and it just feels good. It's sort of like closure to the day. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you said that because um, everybody's got a different route, but you got to do, I think we'll agree, you have to do something to kind of uh, give yourself a break from life and work. And then you have to do something as an outlet. You know, for me, my outlet is probably podcasting. I don't write much mm-hmm. of my own content anymore. I do write my own email still. So that's probably kind of my writing and my content creation outlet. Um, I love to get in the woods, play golf, work out to kind of do something different from life and business. And then I have a whiteboard. I don't even know why, but it's on the floor behind my computer. But what I try to do every day is I used to try to do numbers and all this stuff, but I just do three to five bullet points a day. And I'm like, come hell or high water, this is what I want done today in the business. And it's kind of like what you said. And it's super effective because instead of thinking what I want to do in five years, hey, let's let's talk about Tuesday for a minute or stay Tuesday or Monday. Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> every day is kind of the same to me, but um, it's like, let's talk about Tuesday. And if I can get these things done before the holiday, then I set myself up for more new business or set myself up to do some more deer hunting this week or something. But it's small wins that I can get and keep that momentum going. And I think momentum is such an important part of life, you know? And I think also with the going back to Monk Manual, whatever you end up using, the way they do it is you have like a you, there's like day pages. So every day I'm writing things down morning and night. And then at the end of the week, so on Sunday, it has you recap the week. So I'm looking at, looking at those, the day pages and like, remember, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I did this, I did that. And it reminds you of the accomplishments that you made, the things maybe you did not do that you wanted to. And then at the end of the month, it has you recap all the weeks. So you're looking at the date, the weeks that recap the days to get the month, like a snapshot of the month. Mm -hmm. So it's easy when you're like running your own business everything's coming at you. It's sort of like everything just kind of flows. The days go by so fast. This forces you to slow down mm-hmm. or whatever type of journal you use forces you to slow down and just remember like, the accomplishments that you made, the areas you need to work on for next month. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I've just found it to be really impactful. Very nice. I like that. <clears throat> Did you ever, ever have a moment in your current world, in your current role where you were like, 
oh crap, like I'm, I'm failing at this horrible. Like, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm in over my head or anything like that has ever hit you before. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm still, I'm still a little bit uncertain of myself, like being the leader of the team. I think mm-hmm. I'll always feel that way. Cause like, um, I definitely have good moments here for sure, but I'm always feel like I'm like a, sort of a fish out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little bit enough to like keep me on my toes where I feel like I'm all right this morning to learn what books can I read? What podcasts I listen to? Yep. Hopefully I honestly never lose that. <clears throat> but if I go back to a specific moment, um, back in 2017, yeah, 2017, it was like maybe it was really the whole year, I guess, but it really started to peak during the summer and fall. We, we had, um, we just were starting to lose a lot of clients yep. and are like, we lost our top, I think five clients yep. one year. So you can imagine what that does. Not a yep. good thing. Um, and we were, it was like, it felt like the sky was falling down. Yep. And, um, and so we're just trying to figure out what the heck is going on here. And so, and around the fall, I started like really taking personal development seriously, started going to boxing, um, started doing all this stuff, meditation, trying to work on myself. Cause I felt like I was starting to kind of fall, yep. uh, fall apart. <clears throat> and then we had meetings here and just kind of like, all right, what's going on? Are we going after the wrong clients? What's our process? So then that whole experience forced us to be more selective yep. and specific about the clients that we're going after. Yep. And then the way that we onboard them, the way we handle them, manage them, the whole process. And that turned things around first quarter of the eight, 2018. Things started to really tick. We had a really good year last year and this year has been good too. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty scary experience because when you lose five clients, it wasn't all at once, but it was like, Every month, it was like we're getting bad news, bad news, bad news, mm. and like major bad news. Yeah. And so, in the end, it ended up being a good thing. It just didn't feel like it at the time. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, I think a year ago this month, I'll never forget this. I had a five, I lost five retainer clients in like five days. And I'm not a big business, I'm a lot smaller than you. So it was, uh, <laughs> I had my wife in here like, should I start getting worried yet? Like, what's happening? And I was like, here's what's weird is, None of the reasons, none of them have anything to do with each other, but the fact that we're in this position where we're this vulnerable right now is a problem. Like I've got to make sure that I have more income streams and more diversification. And like you said, have a better process moving forward. But what is that process? So uh, one thing I found is, um, you know, I don't want needy clients. Most people don't. One way to cure that is raise your prices. It's a great, the best way to get rid of a little, the baby bird type client is get higher prices because there's a correlation. If, if people have money and they hire you to do what they want to do, the person I love is the guy that's too busy or the gal that's too busy to, to ride me and, and drive me nuts. They just trust yeah. me and we connect once in a while. It's a great client. The other piece was um, I wasn't using contracts for my retainer clients at the time. and I was getting blindsided. People were making up excuses and taking off. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's a problem. And then just becoming um, less dependent on you know one income stream of my business. So the good thing about what you said and what I said is we've both been battle tested. And I think as entrepreneurs, um, a lot of people get the opportunity to jump into something or even have a lifeline that they never really feel that fire. They really never feel that, oh crap, this could get bad. And I think everybody should because being yeah. battle tested lets you know what you're made of. And like you said, it lets you know what you need to work on and how you can be better. So, yeah, I think definitely tough situations make you stronger for sure. Yep. It sort of builds up like a callus because yep. you, you get through it and you're like, all right, well, you know, I got through that. So I could probably get through this. Yep. And when it happens, even like in that, that, that 2017 story, that was a pretty, pretty dramatic one for me. But like, but I've had small, I've had other 
you know, clients that we lost that I didn't expect to, deals that we thought we were gonna get that didn't happen, or personal stuff, you know, you know, things that happen just part of life. But yep. through them in tough situations, definitely you do build up a callus for sure. And you learn you learn how to get through things, you yep. learn to think a little bit differently. Um, it just changes things. It changes you, honestly. Yeah, and one thing you gotta remember is um for, I mean, for most things we're talking about here, there's always a solution. Sometimes you might have to take a new perspective or a different approach, or you might have to step out of your comfort zone in, in some way, but there's always a solution. So you just, you can't panic. You got to look at it for what it is and stop the bleeding and then say, how do I rebuild better and stronger? So one thing I would say, Jason, too, like, and this is something I take away, uh, uh, actionable advice as a takeaway mm-hmm. is, uh, what's been key for me the last two years too, is uh, I joined a mastermind. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's basically just in my case, it's a group of, uh, uh, there's a dozen of us. The, the group overall is, a, is about 150, but my specific group is at 12 of us. We meet every week through zoom like this. Mm-hmm. Um, actually I'm at a meeting today with them and, uh, we read books. We meet twice a year in person. Um, every week we're going over stuff, man in the middle, uh, personal, professional issues, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, and that's been enormous because, you know, you have people to bounce ideas off of They're, They have different experiences. It's been night and day. I got my friend to join about a month ago and he's already like, wow, this is like the best thing I ever did. So oh, yeah. mastermind. And you know, obviously like Napoleon Hill talked about masterminds and in, in his book. So like this has been around forever, but it's, uh, it's been really key. Yeah. It's really powerful because one thing um, that I've experienced and you hear a lot of people talk about is how lonely entrepreneurship can be. And my wife, not an entrepreneur by trade, my family, don't really get it. Um, you know, did they support me for a long time? No, it was really uncomfortable. I was kind of the, the crazy idiot, but now they, they leave me alone. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a journey that if people aren't on it, aren't passionate about it, they don't really understand it. And they're, why can't you go do this like everybody else? And it, it can uh, start messing with your head really, really bad. So yeah, I'm a yeah. big fan of surrounding yourself with other like-minded people that are even maybe a step above where you are to keep you pushing and reaching, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me let me ask you this. So you've been in your role how long again? I've been at the company f- since 2003. My this specific role now for five years now. Okay. Uh, yeah, but well, director of digital for five years, and I became one of the partners two years ago once my dad retired. Okay. So let me ask you this: If you could have a conversation briefly with a past version of yourself, say from five years ago, what one piece of advice would you give yourself? You from the future to the past. Oh boy. Um, I would tell myself to keep working, keep working on skill sets that matter. For me, that's speaking, yep. copy, um, writing, you know, copywriting, speaking, sales, mm-hmm. um, keep uh, a mindset, you know, those four things. I don't think there's anything else. Those are the things for my particular position here. And my life, I guess, you know, where I met my life, those are the most important things. So keep on working on those things. Keep on improving on yourself. Uh, keep improving yourself every day. Don't worry about the big pictures. Like focus on like the, the present the day you have like right now, because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Yesterday doesn't matter. <clears throat> so focus on today, making small, small gains, uh, like that 1%. Um, that's probably be more present too. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. been uh, 18 months when I first started this business, putting so many hours in and having nothing to show for it. Like my wife would literally be like, what have you been doing the last six months? And I would tell her and she'd be like, show me. I'd be like, I, I can't. 
And it was like, what, what am I, what am I missing here? So that's an interesting question because I'll think of that sometimes, man, if I could have a conversation with an early version of myself, that's what I'd say. And for me, it's like, be patient. Don't worry about the timeline because you can't control it and focus on the money. You know, that's what I would tell myself, but it's, it's interesting to think about because most people don't ever think about that. Yeah, um, it's what, what three marketing tips would you offer the audience just in general? So maybe it's about leads, brand awareness, consistency. What three uh, pieces of marketing advice would you offer? Um, all right. So let's go with SEO first. Okay. So my SEO tip would be, um, so link building is still a major ranking factor in Google. Mm -hmm. Um, well here, here's like part tips one and two tips. The first tip is like, make sure that you uh, have all the basics down for SEO cause it matters now it used to be all about links. It doesn't matter. It's not all about links anymore. Make sure you have the basics down, load speed, mobile for responsiveness, usability of your site, nothing broken, no technical issues like broken links. Mm -hmm. Make sure that the basics are all, 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 all good. Um, and then link building is still a major ranking factor in Google. So, you know, um, you know, look for opportunities when you're doing trade shows and you're speaking at events, when you're, when you're donating to charities, uh, podcasts, like, you know, we, uh, you know, I do this to get better at speaking, going back to what I said before, uh, to get Valentine, Valentine's name out there. But I know also from show notes, I'm going to get a backlink to the website in most cases. So um, just look for opportunities to build backlinks to your website. Um, it's going to help your rankings if you've got all the basics down. Um, another tip I get for content. So what we've had a lot of success with is, um, so you know, when you're creating content, when you have a blog, you always think like, all right, what am I going to write about? What are, the, what are topics I'm going to write about? What, what you sometimes don't think about is the fact that you've got all this content already on your site. And so what we like to do is basically upgrade that content. So we'll look at content that's either not doing as well and see if we can update it and improve it, or we look for content that's doing very well and then we add more content to it. In either cases, organic usually goes up because in the first case, Google doesn't like the blog posts and you're trying to make it better and you usually see gains. The bigger gains come from when you have a blog post that's doing very well. So you already know Google likes it because they're showing it for a lot of impressions. They're showing it, you know, you're getting a lot of clicks. And so basically you're giving Google more of what it already likes. And that almost always, at least at the time of this interview, it almost always increases organic rankings. Mm -hmm. Two important things though, don't, um, at least the way we do it, don't edit, don't, don't change the URL. Don't change the metadata. Don't change the existing content. Just add more to it. You don't want to change anything because it's already doing well. Just yep. add more to it. Um, that's tip number two. Tip number three, I feel like this is so basic, but I see it often, so I just have to mention it. You know, call to actions on a website. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, click funnels, like you're probably very good at conversion rate optimization, but it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, common where we'll get a client and maybe it's just because of the nature of the clients we work with. They just don't know marketing. That's why they're hiring us, mm -hmm. but their site just has very little call to action. There's no phone number that you have to like dig to get to the contact page. There's no buttons. There's no clear path when they go to the site. You know, it's not obvious what you want the visitor to do when they're on the site, just that small little tweak. It's going to make everything else you do with marketing because you're going to be driving traffic. Mm -hmm. It's going to make everything else more effective and you'll see a, quicker return on your investment with your marketing. Yep. I love that. Uh, tip number two, I've never thought about adding to something already doing well. I've actually never heard that, but it makes total sense. I love that. Very good. It always man. works. Very it's, nice. Uh, it's always nice when you work with a new client to make that splash that they can see and feel right away. Cause then it's like, okay, now you get my attention. It's a good way to start a relationship. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because you know marketing it doesn't it doesn't always work. I mean, yeah. we, you know, yeah, we, we have a good track record, but it doesn't always work. And yeah. <clears throat> sometimes you get a client where you're like, ah, oh, man, I I really like these guys. I think they got a good product, good service. I think it'll work. We're gonna do our best. Yeah. Um, and we always try to set expectations, and then when it goes like gangbusters, it's just a good feeling, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, earlier when I was talking about a year ago where I had lost these clients, the other thing I forgot that you just said something I maybe remember is. Uh, something else I learned is I have to set clear expectations up front. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially when it comes to paid ads. And I may not even continue doing paid ads for this reason, but some people have this idea that if I do paid ads, as soon as you turn them on, I'm going to be a millionaire overnight. Some people don't get it. There's a process. We got to gather data. We got to see what the data is telling us. We got to move stuff. You know, there's a, yeah. an optimization process and some people don't get that, but no matter what you're doing, what business you're in setting expectations up front is so important it's unbelievable so i 110 percent agree with that i feel like that's part of my main job as i sign in clients um you know we 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 take on clients that we think we can help i think there's a good chance that it'll work but we know that it might not work and so we always set expectations that it might either a this might go really well this might not work at all or it might work but it just might take us a while to figure out which channels your target audience uh, reacts to most and then, yep. you know, even get more granular than that. So expectations, especially because, you know, I've got a team here that has to do the work. And so if we take on a client that has high, high expectations and I didn't do a good job at setting that, setting them and then, but then they're taking the heat in the calls and just, mm -hmm. it's just not a good situation overall. So. Yep, absolutely. So, um, what else are you working on this year, Ryan? You're the business. You have anything else exciting? I realize we're near the end of 2019, but um, you guys got anything else exciting you're working on the rest of this year, or maybe even the first quarter of next year? Yeah, two things. Um, you know, we're trying to get more dealership clients. That's a it's a pretty hot market for us right now. We just got a new one this past week, so we we're pretty nice, pretty excited about that. That's a focus for us for you know foreseeable future. Um, also every year we have like different themes for the, for the company. Cause you know, the digital side is only five years old. So if I look back at the way we are doing things this year versus the first year, it's sort of hilarious to like the first year it's felt so, and in time when you're in the middle of it, you don't feel that way. You think you're doing a good job, but every year we try to make things a little bit better. And this year, our theme as a team was efficiency. Like how can we be more efficient with the way we meet internally, with the way we work with clients, the way we pro do the handle the services. Uh, and then next year we're thinking that the theme is going to be the client journey. So mapping go. out um, the client journey from, you know, how we get them to onboarding them to how we service them throughout the year, uh, how we deliver the results, you know, all that, everything you know, from start to finish, what does that journey look like and where are the week, where are the week sections, the week parts, mm -hmm. and how can we improve it? And how can we improve the sections that are already doing well? You know, that's our focus for next year. Yeah, I wish Brandy were on the podcast now because she's obsessed with the customer experience. So she would have been uh, talking for half an hour about that right now. So. <laughs> no, it's really smart because when you make that effort, as you know, there's so many agencies that don't. So it just really puts you on another level from your competition. So, Yeah, awesome. I mean, I, I think one thing to piggyback on that is, and this is another actual tip is we've, and this is really applies to any client business, not just a marketing agency, but we found huge gains from just over communicating with our clients. Mm -hmm. So um, biweekly calls every two week, uh, two week calls every two weeks, quarterly reviews of what the work they're doing with us. Um, just constant communication. It sounds so simple, but it's something that is not as common nowadays, I think. 
And yep. so when you over-communicate, it, it just, it just keeps the relationship stronger. It gives them more, it gives the client more confidence in you that you're on top of your game. And yep. um, it's been a huge retention tool for us. Yeah. One thing I use for retainer clients is I use Slack. So I set up a free Slack workspace with them. And if they've never used it, I'd say, Hey, they've got a great desktop and a great mobile app. And uh, Slack is my number one communication tool with clients. And if we have to jump on a call, like with Zoom, we will, but you can do most things through Slack and it's great. It's uh, it's so much less time and stress than phone calls. And it's just another option that a lot of people do like. So, so do they expect like an immediate response if they, if no, they so, so what I do is I set the expectation. Um, we'll get back to you within 24 hours during normal business hours. We're not going to get back to you on Christmas day, set that expectation and people okay. are pretty reasonable. Okay. You know, so um, and if it's a lower tier, there might be a 48 hour window, but it's a, um, it's a great thing, man. I think it all comes down to expectations, but it, it does cut down on the phone time. You can, you know, I use screen share video a lot with my team and with my clients. And if they have a question, I might just make them a quick video, fling it to them and they can kind of learn and get the answer. Um, just like I was presenting it to them and it's just so, so much more time efficient and it works out great. So. Oh, to think about that. We don't, we don't use, we just use the email and, and uh, phone, but it's an interesting yeah. idea. Yeah. It, change, it might change your world, brother. So. Huh. All right. <laughs> no, awesome. Excellent. If somebody watching or listening is interested in learning more about your company, how can they, how can they get in touch with you guys? Yeah. Um, so first of all, thanks for uh, having me and thanks everyone for listening. Yeah. If you want to reach out, uh, we set up a special landing page for your audience and on there is a free offer for a video analysis of your website that I will do personally. I'll go through your site, look at the SEO metrics, you know, call to actions, like I mentioned before, just whatever I think will add value. I'll do a, it's like a 10 minute video review of your site. Um, and uh, if you want that, go to ballantine.com forward slash I I M T I I M T. Um, and the offer is there. Awesome, man. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for your time and your expertise. Thanks Jason. Yep. Talk soon. And we are back to the show. Ryan, thank you for your time and your attention, your participation, my friend. Good times for sure. If you guys listening want to check out the show notes for this episode, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 185 to learn more about Ryan and his awesome company. And uh, if they've got any social links or that type of thing, those will be there as well. So the parting word for this, and this is going to be um, heavily influenced by my week at Funnel Hacking Live I told you about at the beginning of the show. So there's a lot of a lot of paths, a lot of potential paths to success in your business when it comes to your marketing. You know, maybe it's YouTube, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. I would just say pick one, right? Pick one that you're comfortable with. Like if you hate seeing yourself on camera, don't try to build your business with YouTube. It doesn't make sense, right? Pick something that you can stick with and be consistent with and really, really learn and keep going. So consistency is a big piece of that game. And uh, I got to meet and see a lot of people this last week who were successful and I was reminded of how there's not one path to success. There's a lot of paths to success. So instead of getting overwhelmed and figuring out which one you should be doing, pick one, pick one that you think you can stick with and be consistent with. And that consistency is going to take you much further than trying to do a little bit of everything. I promise. As always appreciate the ear. If you have not checked out the podcast on our YouTube channel yet, um, you can for the video. We've got all kinds of content that's only available there as well. So thank you for your eyes and your ears, and uh, we will catch up to you next week. Thanks. Take care. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, please visit intentionallyinspirational.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our video podcast on YouTube. See you next time.